Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Good evening, and welcome to another exciting podcast here with DraftSite.com. I am DJ Boyer. As always, I am joined by Mr. Buddy, Mr. Buddy Andrade here, who it is actually Valentine's Day, so um, I'm spending part of the day with you. So I'm going to ask man-to-man, will, will you be my Valentine for this show, buddy? Absolutely. I'm in. I'm totally in. <laughs> All right. I've been called an easy date before, but that was that was pretty quick, I think. Oh, wow. I, I hear I was afraid you were just going to try and think of a way to let me down easy. I, I feel so much better now. All right. Well, we haven't actually – the last uh, show we did was right before the Super Bowl, so everyone that knows, Buddy is a Patriot fan. So we'll give you a minute to gloat here, as well as what you overall thoughts of the game. Take it away, Buddy. Yeah, it's not going to be a lot of gloating. It's not what I do. I'll shove it in the face of the people who have shoved it in my face for years because I was a Patriots fan when they were bad, when – 20,000 to a game and not being on TV was the norm. So I, uh, uh, I take this all with a grain of salt. Trust me on that. I, I was more relieved that they won than I was excited because losing, losing the Super Bowl sucks. So to when it was very relieving, I was more just sitting there and my daughter was kind of like, you're not reacting. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of like taking it in. Like we didn't lose and like I don't have to hear it for a whole year again. So that was uh, that was my kind of feel, and I enjoyed the way the defense played. I liked the X's and O's of the game. I liked the execution of the game plan, and it was a non-fantasy Madden Super Bowl. So I think those are the type of people who complained about it, and not really the yeah. people who know the X's and the O's of the game. Yeah, I want to call those people out. All I heard about was how this was such a horrible, bad Super Bowl, and boo, and I I was glued because the, uh, the the X's and O's, it was there. It was uh, what the Rams wanted to do. I think for the most part, they accomplished on the defensive side of the ball. The Patriots had a great game plan on defense. I mean, this was just good strategic football. It doesn't have to be like – it just, just happens to come on the heels of the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl where we had about 3,000 yards of total offense. And uh, – yeah. You know, just contrasting styles. Now, of course, I, I, me being an Eagle fan and having to put up with the years of losing and never having a Super Bowl, that was a great game to me. But um, did nothing wrong with this Super Bowl at all. And you got to give uh, the Patriots all the credit in the world. Even the, the the people out there that just hate on the Patriots and oh, we're sick of seeing the Patriots. Anybody but the Patriots. How can you not say this is now not the greatest sports dynasty? I think ever. I mean, you have to put it up with the Yankees of the 50s, uh, the Montreal Canadiens of the 70s, and the UCLA Bruins of the 70s. This is – will we ever see a sports dynasty like this again? And it's just weird because we're still still in it. I mean, Brady isn't gone. Belichick isn't gone. So it's a matter of some retooling. And they say they may go after it hard again next year. And we're getting close to the end of Bill. I – two or three more years because he made that Marv Levy comment. He doesn't want to be in his 70s coaching football. And uh, just to a source, I know he bought some uh, house in Tennessee 
that him and the Linda, lovely Linda will be uh, living in once he retires. Gotcha. You heard it straight from the, the horse's mouth there from Buddy. Now, real quickly, we're just to go over the show a little bit, we're going to go over some of the hot news, the takes of the draft, because as of uh, we're, we're just about to go under the 70-day mark until the draft. Um, so just come as, kind of some of the hot takes, big news, and then we're going to do a one-round mock. We're going to kind of talk the picks out. Um, maybe teams that, you know, we're going to pretend there's no trades. But at the same time, we're going to talk about possible trades maybe while we do it. But if it comes down to the ultimate say, Buddy's going to have the ultimate say, be the GM for 16 AFC teams. I will do the same on the NFC side. So that sounds good to everyone. We're going to start with some of the hot news. Right now, from the Super Bowl leading up to now, what to you has been the biggest news surrounding the draft, buddy? Uh, was Jeff, the Jeffrey Simmons torn ACL, despite the fact that he wasn't invited to the combine for an off-the-field incident. He was working out somewhere. He was working his way towards this pro day where everybody was going to get a chance to see and evaluate him, and he tears his ACL. And I had him going as high as seven to Jacksonville to fill where Malik Jackson and maybe Calais Campbell aren't going to be. Uh, after some purging in Jacksonville. It makes sense. I think he's a player that is talented enough, I think, ultimately to go as high as four to Oakland, I think could be the earliest he could end up somewhere. Probably down to the mid-teens, just because, again, maybe that off-the-field stuff pushes him down a little bit. But you just can't deny the – the high level that he's able to play in the SEC, and we've seen the SEC not—I mean, not only churn out the greatest number of draft picks we've seen from any conference, but especially along the offensive and defensive line. That's kind of the bread and butter of the SEC. We've seen so many of those interior defensive linemen uh, quick off the ball, and that—that's exactly uh, Jeffrey Simmons' forte. And he could have fit into a number of defenses, maybe even as, as an end. It may be kind of that 3-4 setting where you get a kind of a bigger body to be that true nose tackle type. Uh, he was quick enough to play an end in that system. So, I mean, there was a number of teams, I think, where he would fit in. Yeah, no, there was a number of spots. He could be that five technique in a 3-4 or be that three three technique in a 4-3 and just shoot the gap. Be uh, very good with that, getting into the backfield, disrupting uh, match points and getting the quarterback off the spot. So he's Definitely an intriguing prospect, and where he goes now is very curious, and that'll be a fun game of chicken uh, probably come night two of the draft. And I think that for the diehard draft Knicks, I agree this is probably the biggest story. I think for some of the people who just kind of get into it right before leading up to the draft or more of the marquee names, I'm going to have to say that the Kyler Murray situation is probably the, the biggest deal that people have made obviously choosing between baseball and football. This is a guy who was, was it the ninth overall selection, I believe, of Oakland, uh, was an infielder, second base shortstop, and then playing outfield uh, with the Sooners. Had to forfeit uh, the majority of his signing bonus and the fact that it looks like he's going full-scale football. To me, I mean, if this is truly his passion, there's many in his inner circle, and we've heard so many people say that football is – ultimately what he wants to do. That's where his heart lies. So I think because of that, I think he's making the right decision. 
I think if it's 50-50 and you got to choose a profession, where to go, I would choose baseball every time. Even though I like football better, you got to think the wear and tear on the body is not near, nearly as grueling as what is in the NFL. The pay is better. we got to remember, the, of the four major sports in, in, in North America that really, or the United States, I should say, football is the only one without guaranteed contracts. If you're cut, say, a year into a contract uh, with baseball, with basketball, with hockey, you're getting that money. You're not so much in the NFL, and I think that's why ultimately you hear so much about signing bonuses because really once it's a bigger deal in the NFL because that money is guaranteed up front, and we see a lot more front-loaded money. A lot of times we see these gigantic contracts. I think even the players know they're not going to see every dime of that. So for that factor financially and for his health, I, I think you go baseball every time. What are your thoughts on this? No, I agree with you as far as longevity and your body. Definitely baseball. Uh, I think he gave up a little leverage, definitely saying it was going to be football. Because I think he could have picked and chose where he's going more so before by having baseball to fall back on. Now that he's kind of put his chips in the middle of the table, everybody knows what's going on. So we're going to see him in a football uniform and, Really, he could be picked anywhere from first overall right through right through 32. And that's what makes it so intriguing. It's, it's going to be a chess match in itself because I really think the team that ends up with him is almost certainly, I mean, you have to think they'd have to move up. With so much uncertainty around him, I mean, I just don't think a team has to sit, stand put. I mean, I think you have to make a move to get him. It, it's 95% is short at this point. Would you agree? Yes, somebody's going to have to move up to get him, and it's going to be a matter of uh, right now we're seeing the veterans go, which we'll get, we've kind of gotten into as far as free agency, the hot news. We're starting to see the veterans go a lot of the places that quarterbacks are needed. So what is that? Is that an indictment on this quarterback class after the senior bowl? Uh, it's very curious. And with Murray coming out and now saying he's going to play football, he is, to me, he's the number one prospect at the position. And then one more thing to cover before we get to this mock draft. That's a great lead-in about the quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, we're hearing that really this is a done deal. It's just a matter of they can't announce it. It's not uh, not the date yet. It's going to have to be, I believe it's March 13th, before this is, quote, official. But Joe Flacco on his way to Denver. Good fit. If you're a Bronco fan, are you excited about this news? Yes and no. I mean, uh, you, you just keep rolling the dice every year, and you're adding dead money to your cap which is killing your team otherwise. They haven't found a sure thing through the drafts. They drafted Paxton Lynch. Uh, Simeon was a draft pick. Neither one of those guys worked out. Osweiler didn't work out. Uh, they won the title with Manning pretty much on defense. So uh, John always had a hard time finding the next guy, other than when it was the obvious choice with Peyton Manning for those three years I where he really I put it together. I still think the best pick they made was Chad Kelly being uh, Mr. Irrelevant, hoping that, and of course they had to let him go because of some off-the-field incidents, and that was the knock on him, the baggage at Ole Miss. But as mm -hmm. talent-wise, I think he was more talented than Simeon. He was more talented than Osweiler, more talented than Lynch. They were really no, rolling you're the right dice. For a, while, for a while there, it looked good because he was actually the number two quarterback coming out of camp last year and Lynch had slipped a third, 
unfortunately, the off the field caught up with Kelly. It's really all between the years with him. Talent-wise, he's there. He's got it all. It's just between the years. Because really, I think that as, as highly publicized as everything was, I think John Elway was going to come out of that looking really, really good. But unfortunately, the demons uh, had kind of caught up with uh, with Chad Kelly, and uh, he's no longer a Bronco. I think that that not enough credence is there, but I really think that, that could have been the answer for Denver. So, uh, no, that is a really it, good call. Is Joe Flacco an improvement? I think he's an improvement over Case Keenum. Is he worth the risk? And as you said, the financial implications, absolutely not. I mean, you got to like the playoff experience, the moxie that he's shown. But I think the other thing is, you know, he's kind of a dying breed. In this age of the NFL, These you got to be mobile. Uh, Joe Flacco is one of those guys, it almost hurts me to watch him run. It's like watching Bernie Kosar in the old days kind of run. It's, uh, you know, I – I'm an overweight guy, and sometimes I, I think I could run faster than Joe Flacco. It's just not – it's not pretty. So kind of being a sitting duck there, a lot of, a lot of teams, you got to think about uh, in that division. Denver does it a lot and, and some of the other teams in the division. What was a real kind of underlying bread and butter for Kansas City, I think was getting after the quarterback this year. Oakland, it's something they're stressing. It's what they had with Khalil Mack. Uh, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of – you don't have to rush for a thousand yards, but just being somewhat mobile, stepping up in the pocket, that's just not something you have with Joe Flacco. That's what worries me in really with him being in Denver. And don't forget those two guys in LA now too, the edge guys. What they're gonna Absolutely. do. They just know they have to get to a spot between Bolsa and Ingram. That's true. But um for the most part, Joe Flacco's been a, a Consummate professional. I mean, I think the writing was on the wall, obviously, with Lamar Jackson. But this was was not a team I would have had penciled in that I would have thought was a was a clear cut fit. And Denver, at some point, has has got to hit the home run. So we're kind of going to go through this uh, a little bit uh, quickly here uh, too. So we're we're going to play a mock draft. So top pick one overall. I'm Arizona. Do I buy into the Kyler Murray Kingsbury kind of? conspiracy here is there anything to it uh another part was that kylo murray hired cliff kingsbury's agent two days ago good call so it's it's a possibility now if if i do if i am kyler murray and i end up in arizona obviously arizona is gonna they're gonna have to have a deal for rosen they're not going to be able to keep him around do you think there's a team that says, looks at this quarterback class and go, you know what? I think Rosen's better than anything else that's out there. I'm going to roll the dice on Rosen. I'll make a deal with you, Arizona. If so, who do you think are the likely suitors for a play, for a player like Josh Rosen? I think it's the Giants and Miami who are the suitors for Rosen. Miami, you took the words right of my eyes. I see Miami as the perfect landing spot for a player like Josh Rosen. Couldn't have said it better, so we're, we're thinking the same way. And just to let our listeners know, we talked about how this was going to play out, but ultimately I don't know where Buddy's going to lean with these picks, nor is he going to know where I lean. But right now we're going to assume that Kyler Murray, you know what, we'll, we'll put him in Arizona. We're going to throw a wrinkle into this. He's going to Arizona. I'll, I'll, you've swayed me here. Kyler Murray to the Arizona Cardinals. Second pick, let's see, we got those Niners. I, I, if you're a Niner guy, you have to jump on Bose at this point. Bose is still on the board. 
the most surefire prospect in this draft? I say Nick Bosa. You're a Niner. Do you agree with the assessment of that pick? No, I do. I, they need somebody off the edge. They seem to have the bigger guys to work the interior with guys like Buckner. Uh, they need that edge guy who's going to be a president. So maybe he makes these other draft picks they've had over the past few years uh, better players with one-on-one blocking. If Bosa's off the board, do they go more for need, which I think would be Josh Allen? Or do they go, uh, you know, the uh, out of uh, Kentucky? Or are they going to go more for maybe best player available? Do you think they, they kind of reach going for that? Is, is that too soon, taking an outside linebacker at two? It's a stretch because I'm, like, I'm a big Josh Allen guy. I call him the closer personally. Just the, that last five minutes of a fourth quarter, he is just an X factor. So you can use a guy like him or Bosa. I don't know. I'm still Bosa slipping a little bit. I take Josh Allen. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm going to have the ultimate say there. You sw- you swayed me with Murray, but I'm going to stick with Bosa two overall. So that's going to bring us to three. Of course, Oakland is now salivating. They know they're on deck. So with the third pick, I'm going to turn it over to you. The New York Jets. Where do they go? Uh, they've been looking for that edge guy. They tried to trade for Fowler last year. Uh, they're looking for that outside linebacker. That guy is Josh Allen. He slides by San Francisco and gets to the Jets. And uh, he's an impact player. I can't disagree with that assessment at all. I think that's, uh, that's a dream scenario for them. Absolutely dream scenario. And I think that's a team, for some reason, bizarro world, if Allen and Bosa are still on the board, I think they're going Allen, uh, regardless. The Jets? So yeah, I, I would agree. Three first-round picks. You think they're going to stay put? Do you think they're going to try and make a package deal here? What's your thought overall on the Raiders heading into this draft? Well, I don't even just look at it as three in the first round. It's four out of the top 35 that they have. So maybe they can take the second with one of the first and move up a few spots in the first. Uh, they get chips to play, but don't forget that 35 pick. And for Arizona, too, I, I always say the people picking with the first pick on any day of a draft, whether it's the first, second, or third, have a lot of leverage because teams go to their board and go, how is this guy still there? So that could happen just a few picks down for the Raiders at 35 where they can trade that pick and people are going to look the next day and go, that guy's still going to be there. We can grab him. So there is uh, there is movability and packaging 24 and 35 or 27 and 35 and moving up the board somewhere to maybe 19 to where Tennessee is and make it a play. But if if I'm looking player at this point, Mo Hurst had a good year for them. You wanted that end, so I'm going to say you you still like that impact tackle. The big guy, you go by back through uh, John Gruden's time, he's always had quality defensive tackles. Uh, he can have that in Quinn and Williams at pick number four. Agree. I think that he's the most surefire thing. I think the only other player I think about here is Ed Oliver, even though he probably slips a little bit. Maybe it's a little too soon for him. But he screams a John Gruden-type player to me. Um, but I, 
you can't go wrong with Quinn and Williams. There are some people who think that maybe he's the best player in this draft. He he was very impactful. Just if you watch his LSU tape, it's it's unbelievable what he did in that game. He was he was a game wrecker. All right, good call. I'm keeping so uh, real quick uh, recap. We got Kyler Murray. We got Josh uh, Josh Allen was going three. We have Nick Bosa two, and we have Quinn and Williams at four. All right, so fifth pick. Where are we going here? I'm trying to think of the team. I don't have the order in front of me. Tampa Bay. Five. That's it, Tampa. It's over to me. <sighs> Initial feeling is you want a corner. Is this too soon to take a corner? Could be. I if think you want a really corner, is. you can trade back, too. You can trade back. I think right now Tampa knows that. I think they're in a position where they want to take the best player available. I think here you're going to have to go after an offensive tackle. I think that's a big need for this team as well. I think the tackles are all going to be there. The question is who's going to be the best one or the first one off the board. There's really not a clear-cut number one. Uh, for this, I'm going to go Greg Little. I think he is the most sure sure one. I mean, Jonas Williams, you, you got a, a chance there. Uh, Jawan Taylor being in Florida as well, I think there's going to be a push there. I'm going to go Greg Little. Your thoughts on this pick? Uh, I'm I'm going to shock you here. I think the best lineman in this draft, and I've probably said it before, my favorite player in this draft is Cody Ford. And I just think he is – he's a Quentin Nelson type. The guy's never on the ground. He's making blocks everywhere. He's in control. Um He's a guy who can play right tackle for you or play guard. And if your interior is Marpet and him to block for you in the run game and keep you, keep Jameis clean up the middle, it's not really a bad pick at this point. It's a little off the board, but I just find him to be a better player than those two tackles, a more sure thing as far as an offensive lineman. You swayed me. I'm going to put Cody Ford at five in our combined uh, efforts here because the versatility is there. And I think that's not a player you can trade back for. I think if there's one player that teams are going to look more at, I'd say closely, he could be the one. So maybe you just count your blessings and wind up with a Cody Ford who's going to be a solid player for at least eight years on that offensive line. Yeah, and pair him up with Martha. You've got two guys who could be Pro Bowl players in a couple of years. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, so number six. So I'm going to pencil in Cody Ford here at five. Uh, All right, uh, pick six. Let's see. We're thinking New York Giants here. Yep. So Kyler Murray's already off the board. I think the writing's on the wall. It's probably the last year for Manning. I think maybe they want to play him one more year. I think I have to go Dwayne Haskins here. I have to do it. I think if there's another option, maybe this is – if there's a surprise pick, maybe it's Rashawn Gary. Uh, I you got to think of what the strength has always been for these giant Super Bowl teams. It's been along the defensive line. They they were okay there. They're, they made strides. I think the line on – both lines have actually were better last year. There's, there's still a lot of holes on the offensive line, but uh, – 
I think Hernandez from UTEP was a great pick. I think they're starting to show some organization. Now it's just getting them a little more seasoned. And, and the defensive line had its moments. So Rashawn Gary here would not totally surprise me, but I'm going to go Dwayne Haskins at six. No, I can agree with that pick. That's a guy to groom. They had Lillette in last year. He might be more of a backup question. This is more of a sure thing. And uh, unlike Stephen A. Smith, I know that he's at a pocket passer. Ah, there we go. Kyle Lawletta from the University of Richmond trying to become the second most popular quarterback ever from there. Of course, Todd McShay, uh, not much of a starter there, but, yes, he was once a quarterback at Richmond. So we'll move to seven. It's back into your territory with those Jacksonville Jaguars. Are they looking quarterback? Are they making a deal for a quarterback? Where do you think Jacksonville goes? I think your boy Nick Foles is there, and today was reported mutual interest between the two teams. Uh, they're going to be shedding some salary. The interior defensive line, they're going to be shedding salary. Uh, they may also look for an end because they traded Fowler, and if Campbell's gone, they're going to need an end. I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to go with Montez Sweet. Wow. Having him play, play on the opposite side of Ngakwe. He just seems like a Tom Coughlin-type player. That Jason Pierre-Paul-type athleticism with the long arms, good height, good ability to get in the backfield. I just see him as a Coughlin-type player. I'm going to say Bontez Sweat. Go seven. Now, this would, this would definitely uh, raise a few eyebrows. I think you're a little cuckoo saying that, but, but not, not entirely. It's, it's a Coughlin I'm, thing to do. It would be a Coughlin. I think Gary would be a good pick here because you can move him all around. But uh, I, I think that Nick Foles there with John Filippo, I think that just makes sense. I like uh, the direction you're looking. I definitely think it's along the defensive line. Someone to get some pressure on the quarterback. I think we're in agreement that is the best place to go. My push would be more for Gary here. Are we going to stay with Sweet? I'm Sweat? Yeah, I'm going to stay with Sweet. I'm not a big Gary guy. I think he's a guy who's going to test well, but his film is underwhelming. All right. There we are at seven. All right. We're looking number eight here. So, off the top of my head, eight. Boy, I should have had this list in front of me. Are we, are we in Cincinnati territory? No, Cincinnati's 11. Buffalo's nine. I guess we wow. should have had we should have had that we should have had this up here first. I'm trying to think, who the heck do we have at eight? Oh, this is oh darn it. Oh no, no issue. I know Buffalo at nine. That's oh, that's going to be really. Hmm. There's a number of areas where they could really go. Maybe they look for the first tackle. Uh, you're looking for uh, the obvious replacement at some point to uh, Kyle Williams. So I think that's a uh, particular area of interest. They got a nice but, field last year, I just got to say, when they grabbed Jordan Phillips. I thought that was a nice pickup from Miami, the guy who didn't fit in down there and is going to fit in, who fit in pretty nicely at the end of the year for the Bills, playing that uh, defensive tackle, just the guy to remember. Yeah. Not a not a bad uh, not a bad choice there at all. So it's going to be Detroit. Gary here, maybe you're thinking, of, but 
But I, I really think Detroit needs that stud linebacker. I really do. I think Devin White makes a lot of sense here. I just think this is a defense that needs a leader. There's pieces there. There's just There doesn't seem to be a leadership there. And I think that not only is that a stud linebacker, but I think that's a guy that you look at and I hear more and more saying, this is a guy that can lead a defense at some point. Maybe they look to trade back because maybe there's not another team up top there, maybe Cincinnati uh, at 11. But I'm, I'm going to go white with this pick, uh, Devin White, uh, the linebacker out of uh, LSU. You can see that making sense, and Gerard Davis could be more of a weak side linebacker tackle machine, and you've improved that second level of your defense big time. Uh, having those two guys playing together. All right. Well, I'm going to leave the Bills up to you, uh, taking the lead here. All right. Buffalo, offensive lineman, definite need for them. Uh, they did have a little pickup with Long this week as the center who was released by the Jets. So they've found some interior help. I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor here guy who's more for the right side can play a little of the left side but they've got the left side I think are right secured right now so I'm going to say Juwan Taylor offensive tackle of Florida uh, playing right tackle and uh, blocking for Josh Allen you're you're not going to get any argument from me there the Broncos at 10 this is where I had Drew Locke the whole time obviously they've been looking quarterback do they do that now with Flacco? I don't think it necessarily takes them out of the hunt, but I think it makes it less likely with a pick at 10. In Denver, boy, you're obviously going to take the lead here. I'm thinking maybe they're looking at the secondary. Maybe this is where the first corner comes off the board. What are you thinking about Denver? I'm thinking need the defensive tackle uh, to help take pressure off those two edge guys. And corner is another position I'm looking at. And now it becomes what you prefer between Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker, Byron Murphy is uh, three top guys there. The more I'm looking at this board, Ed Oliver's still there. Can you imagine Ed Oliver with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller? And we're going to find out in a few weeks where he weighs in at. Because the big question now with Ed Oliver, he was – Came into the season as the consensus number one as the season started. Uh, he plays well. He plays hard. He plays strong. Uh, had a little snippet with the coach. Uh, the problem is they're saying he really can't hold weight is his problem. And he may weigh in at somewhere at 275, 280. So that becomes a concern. Does he become the Jonathan Allen of this draft class where he's before the season number one, and he's going somewhere in the teens to a team where he fits schematically. So that's my, that'd be my concern with him. I'm going to tell you now a guy who I thought was a game marker in the national championship game and would just improve this defensive line. It's Christian Williams, defensive tackle for Clemson. I think he's more of a sure thing with that Oliver as far as the size. He can be that three technique and uh, keep Chubb and Vaughn Clean, and that's if they don't trade Vaughn, because they've talked about that, too. All right, well, we'll pencil him in there. Christian Wilkins from uh, Clemson at 10. The Bengals at 11. You know, I'm, I'm really looking at this thing. 
There's a, there's a few quarterbacks out there. Two are off the board. Do they like a quarterback enough here, you think, to maybe pull the trigger and maybe get the heir apparent to Andy Dalton, or do they look in a different direction? This is a tough team. This is a team maybe would have traded up to make sure Devin White got to them because I think he's the perfect fit for them with perfect being gone. And they just need that voice in the middle and that guy playmaker in the middle. I think they're set up front. Uh, they always seem to be drafted in a corner every year. Who seems to stay in and play well for Cincinnati? Tough, tough, tough. Quarterback? Not at this point. I'm not. I'm not big on any of the guys at this point. I'm still not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make of- my play here then for Jonah Williams. I think the tackle from Alabama. I think maybe not the perfect fit at this point, but is he the safest pick for for Cincinnati? I think they're a team that kind of tries to go safer with that top pick. I, I my my assessment would be Jonah Williams. That is a good pick because there are people who think he could play guard too. And they traded for Cordy Glenn last year. They've drafted tight end uh, tackles like Jake Fisher, and uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Ubadi. Uh, a tackle over the years. So these guys are still on the roster. So someone like a Jonah Williams, who, if these guys are gone, can play tackle. If not, he can start a guard for you, and he's a consistent player with big game pedigree. Shall we pencil him in at 11? Let's pencil him in. All right. Swings it back to me for the Packers at 12. There is no question they they need pass rushing help. And it looks like Clay Matthews won't be around. At this point, go back to that uh, national championship team. I think Clellan Farrell is a perfect fit. I think Green Bay is doing backflips right now if Farrell falls to them. Matter of fact, I think that they're a team that would likely move up to get a player of his caliber to get a pass rusher. I I think they would definitely – they would be falling over themselves to get there. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because I think he has – a little bit of ability to be a three-fourth outside linebacker and drop a bit into a zone. I mean, most of the time you're going to want him playing, coming forward and playing towards the line of scrimmage. But in the other cases, you know, he, he does have, have that ability to do a drop zone and, uh, you know, just take up an area. All right, so the Dolphins are at 13, and I think we're in agreement that they're probably going to get a quarterback elsewhere if they don't make a move for Kyler Murray. In this scenario, he wound up uh, to Arizona. So what are you thinking for, uh, for, the, for the Dolphins? I think Rosen's going to be there, personally, and this pick will be gone to Arizona. Um, if I'm Miami choosing at this point, you, you've been looking for defensive line help for quite a while. And guys are getting older. Uh, they just cut uh, the guy they got from the Rams last year, whose name's escaping me. Yeah, they, they're they're making a lot of cuts. Uh, I think this is a team that we're gonna we're gonna see big changes from them from a team that maybe doesn't jump off the paper at you that is, is going to make a lot of cuts. So this could be a shot for Rashawn Gary, and the reason why is. With Flory's going down there, he's going to look for his Trey Flowers to be that defensive end who has good run integrity, 
get into the backfield on occasion, not be necessarily a double-digit sack guy, but a guy you have to scheme against. Like Gary, to me, I, I don't think he plays up to his measurables, but I do think he's in a good spot going to this former New England coach uh, and playing that defensive end for them. So I'm going to go Rashawn Gary here at 13. And there's, all, and there's also a little bit of scuttlebutt uh, that's out there, you know, being closer to the Eagles, knowing some people there, that there's some thoughts that there's actually been some teams that have inquired about Brandon Graham. There's some thoughts that maybe the Eagles are not going to resign him after the season. This is a team that apparently has a, is showing some interest and maybe Brandon Graham's actually going to wind up in Miami. So uh, there's no question they're looking along the line. No problem with Gary. And at 14 with the Falcons, I'm going to stay. I think that's the perfect team for a player like Ed Oliver to fall. I think the free fall would stop here. I don't think he's getting by Atlanta. Matter of fact, in most of my mocks, I have Christian Wilkins going there. He's off the board. So I would actually pencil in Ed Oliver here. To me, he makes perfect sense for a defense that's usually a little undersized and relies more on speed, and that those are his, his strengths at this point. Yep, I agree with you totally on that. I think that's the perfect spot for him. Brings us to 15 and the Washington Redskins. Boy, you got to think, is, is quarterback the, the spot here because of the horrific injury that we saw uh, to Alex Smith? We saw the quarterback play with Josh Johnson and, and Mark Sanchez down, down the line. Is there someone they pull a trigger on here? I think they do, but really, I think that if they're not making a deal, to me, why can't I get a, a quarterback in the second or third round? I, I think they're going to look elsewhere. Do, do you get a target? All the wide receivers are on the board. Uh, I think that that's a, a need that they have as well. They haven't really had that number one. Paul Richardson's underperformed. Terrell Pryor, they haven't really had that number one guy. So who's going to be the top receiver off the board at this point? There's, there's really not a clear-cut one. But the one, I think maybe it surprises people. I think Kelvin Harmon out of NC State, even though he's not regarded as the top receiver, he just seems to be more of a Redskin player. I think that he's more of the surefire bet. I'm, I'm going a little, little bit of a shocker. I'm going Harmon with the first receiver off the board at 16. He was a guy I watched a lot of yesterday. Um, I can say one thing to everybody. I cannot wait to see these receivers go through the gauntlet at the combine because – there's a lot of guys who I think have questionable hands and are body catchers in this draft. So I'm very curious who's going to stand out in that drill. That drill means a lot to me when I'm watching the combine. Just the ability to snatch the ball away from your body, pull it in, and get rid of it uh, in this drill. Uh, I, him or DK Metcalf, who looks like he's a linebacker, not in a bad way, in a good way. <laughs> Um, I just think he's that jump ball, go get it type guy for whoever your quarterback is going to be. And I think it's going to be a veteran quarterback they're going to bring in. But I think this is ultimately where Teddy Bridgewater is going to end up. Oh, good call there. I could definitely see that. I'm going to stay with Harmon here, but uh, you, Metcalf, I think is a guy who's, who's, who's moving into the first round right now. I think his stock is going way up. So 16, the Panthers at this point, they definitely need help in the back of the defense. There's no corners off the board. I think they're going to go 
for the supreme talent. Uh, maybe DeAndre Baker being a little smaller, I think because of that, even though he's a little younger, I think I'm going to go Greedy Williams here at 16 to Carolina. No, that's a really good pick. They've been looking to replace Josh Norman since he left. They haven't been able to do it yet. This is the type of guy who can do that and uh, give them more stability on the outside when you have a guy like Luke Keekley running around the middle and losing Thomas Davis. You're going to bring somebody in who's going to uh, – make plays, and I think he's a little bit more willing in the run game than uh, DeAndre Baker is. All right, well, that's the first half of the first round. The Browns at 17, I, we're not used to seeing them this low or anything that involves more than one digit picking in the first round. Yeah. So you're, a Brown, you're the Browns. You're building off the, a, a, a year that has to have you excited. Where do you go? From the Browns possibly looking at to see who the next linebacker is, and there really isn't anybody who rates up this high. Maybe that's something we find in the second round because they're looking to get rid of Jamie Collins, sort of a replacement for him. Uh, maybe go back-to-back receivers and get a big guy like D.K. Metcalf to play opposite Callaway, and you can put Landry on the slot. And you've kind of got all the levels of the defense covered uh, with the receiving core. And I still weapon. like Rashad Higgins. I, I, I still think there's something there. I am so he glad somebody else in this world loves him as much as I do. And I'm and I'm calling and calling and calling for more uh, in, in Doku and uh, for for this offense. And I think we're starting to see that. So, boy, it, are are they a playoff a viable playoff contender next year? I think they are. I think they could win that division next year. You heard it there. It's it's not out of the realm. Just about every other team in that division, to me, is pointing downward while they are trending upward. They're the only one, to me, that's going in the right direction. Every year we see a, a worst to first. Now, they're not worst uh, in that division this year, but uh, they have been for, for so many years. I thought they were going to change the, the uh, uniform to say welcome. So I'm going to – we'll put Metcalf there. No problem there. So the Vikings at 18, here I'm thinking uh, defensive line help as well, uh, maybe even offensive linemen. I really think that they're hoping for one of those three that we talked about, Ford, uh, Williams, or uh, Taylor, to slip down to them. I think that is the Vikings' ultimate goal. But we're also hearing that Trey Waynes could be on the way out. And if that's the case, are they going for another corner, someone to pair with Xavier Rhodes, that's a possibility. I, I don't think it's the first place they look, but with DeAndre Baker still on the, the board, I'm giving them Baker. I think they're going for value here. No, that's a pretty good pick if they are replacing Trey Wayans. They do have Mackenzie Alexander also, who appears to be more of a slot guy. And uh, when there was a little bit of injury uh, earlier this year when they played the Patriots, it was a guy outside who they just torched all day who was an undrafted free agent, so they could be looking to uh, definitely strengthen that position. All right. Well, it brings us to the Titans at 19. I'll turn it over to you. Uh, this is an interesting team right here. Uh, Delaney Walker getting injured last year pains me to do this to give the Titans. I think T.J. Hawkinson is the new tight end in Tennessee and the type of guy that fits what Marcus Mariota does and what they do on offense. Uh, just an all-around wide receiver. He can block for Derrick Henry. 
Uh, I'm going to go TJ Hawkins, and as much as I want to see the Patriots end up with him, he's going to go 19 to Tennessee. Well, we're both thinking targets because if you gave me who's available right now, I think A.J. Brown, that, that's, a, that's a place where he slots in at, at receiver. So I'm going to pair with Corey Davis. But I got no problems putting Hawkinson in here. I think we're in agreement that it's an offensive weapon. Need to generate um, a little more excitement, a little more uh, weapons on offense. Not a bad call at all. Yeah, between A.J. Brown, the difference between A.J. Brown and Hawkinson, I mean, besides position, it's not a lot. They work that interior of the field. So that's what we're looking at is Mariota's hot zone with that pick. Brings us to the last of the teams to miss the playoff, Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots and lots of drama. Where do we see uh, Pittsburgh going with at 20? They've got – they need something in the linebacking core. Uh, it just wasn't strengthened. It's going to be Mac Wilson from Alabama, who fits in perfect as that 3-4 inside linebacker. He has that ability to rush. We know how the Steelers love to blitz their inside linebackers and cross them up. Uh, going the opposite way against guards and trying to find holes. I think Matt Wilson is a perfect fit for them at 20. I'll give him there. And just from my inside uh, knowledge and people I know through the Eagles, the Eagles normally don't go linebacker in the first round. I think they've only done it three times in their like 70 year history, but there's a lot of scuttlebutt. They really like Mac Wilson. They, they like what they have in Jordan Hicks, but obviously he's very injury prone. I think it's a good linebacking core, but there's not a lot of depth. I think ultimately, if he's still around, Philadelphia would love to have him at 25. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And obviously, with the Ryan Shazier injury, uh, I think that that's something that was exposed as a weakness. T.J. Watts performed pretty well on the outside. I think you get a, an interior presence. Can't argue with that at all. Seahawks at 21. Oh, boy. This is... Uh, Interesting pick here as well. Hmm. No one really jumping off the page here, but I think the defensive line, I think he slipped a little bit because of missing the national championship game, but just a big presence to plug up this line. To me, this is a perfect scenario for Dexter Lawrence, another defensive tackle out of Clemson to, to wind up. I think this is where Lawrence would end up at 21. I think this is one of the few teams not only do I see him fitting in here, but I think he makes an immediate impact. I, I totally agree. Carroll has brought in several players before. Bruce Irvin really wasn't a saint coming out of West Virginia, what he did, and they grabbed him at 15. So I, I don't see this out of the realm of possibility. All right, we'll pencil him in. Ravens at 22. Got a new quarterback. What are they doing at 22, buddy? They found the running game. They've got a group of guys. They don't really have a head guy, but they have a few guys who get the job done. So I don't think it's going to be running back because people have talked Josh Jacobs at this point to Baltimore. Uh, Ozzie is out drafting this year. So it becomes very curious what the new GM is going to want to do. But I'm going to surprise you here. I think Eric Weddle might be a cat cup. And I'm going to go Deontay Thompson out of Alabama. Uh, does a little bit of everything very well, and I think he could be, become the quarterback of that defense. They'll never replace Ed Reed, but this is a guy who can definitely make plays in the backfield. 
you're not going to get a lot of argument from me here. It, it might be seen as kind of a surprise. To me, it's it's not. I think the only other player, even though he didn't perform as well at the Senior Bowl, but kind of uh, a player that I think that this team really liked, they liked uh, his size and where they can move him along the line, this seems to be a Zach Allen team as well out of Boston College. I would not be surprised uh, if he would be a Raven. Thompson makes perfect sense here. So we're on to Houston. Houston, the Texans at 23. You're on the clock again. All right, I'm going to surprise you here. They've got Hopkins. They've got Watson. They need a receiver opposite. I think a good possession, high point guy. Kill Harry going to Houston, where I know they need offensive line help. But there's a good group of guys still left out there who are around the same, so I'd wait till the second round. But I think Kill Harry's the perfect guy to put opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. Perfect, perfect guy. And uh, there's actually uh, was the assistant to the wide receivers uh, coach actually this past year at Arizona State, hired by the Texans. I don't think I don't think you go away from that. As a matter of fact, they're actually the team that uh, had uh, Jalen Strong uh, from a couple of so mm-hmm. they, they went to the university. Uh, there's some familiarity there. That uh, there was some thinking, maybe it's kind of to, to help a player like that along. But uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, I love it. Not really, uh, not surprising me. So we're at 24. One of the two extra Raider picks. This is via the Bears. Raiders. Let's see. We actually had them with Quinn and Williams with their first pick. Where did the Bears go? I'm sorry, the Raiders. Well, you grab the defensive tackle, and now you start to look at the ends, and you just brought up a guy in Zach Allen who. Maybe you kind of reverse roles here where Zach Allen is that good set the edge, gap integrity, power, defensive end where you have Quinn and Williams inside. I think that those two guys kind of have opposite skill sets of what you normally expect out of that position. So I think it's a good fit to pick Zach Allen here to go with Quinn and Williams, Maurice Hurst, and is it Arden Key who's the fourth guy? And you've got a good young defensive line. All right. You're not really going to uh, surprise me with that. I, I well, We will pencil him in. So 25, we're going to go to Philadelphia. So uh, my team as well, uh, for record, I really think that, again, even though I don't think it was the perfect pick, uh, Mac Wilson is just a guy that raised a lot of eyebrows. I think that, it, that – uh, that's ultimately may, way, may be where the team wants to go. Um, I think really here, oh, gosh, you're looking more for bang for your buck. And even though the defensive line is kind of seen as the, I'd say, as the bread and butter, I still think they're kind of looking uh, along the line. And one guy who I think can play play the inside, but he's a little undersized, so they can put him on the end. The Eagles are, are, especially with Michael Bennett, they, they use a lot of uh, – we even see Chris Long move inside. So that they're a team that, that plays those undersized guys inside. Draymond Jones, Ohio State, to me, would make a lot of sense here because there's going to be turnover on this line. They get Derek Barnett back. I think they try to accentuate his strength. I go Draymond Jones. No, and he's, he's very athletic. He played very well. Uh, inside. He's that definite one-gap penetrator um, is your three techniques, uh, just with the size, too. Disruptor in the backfield. 
All right. We'll put Draymond Jones in there. 26, the Colts. You're back on the clock. Talk about a team that hit it out of the park with last year's draft. Oh, Darius Leonard. Well, what a steal. Yeah, just second round just to get him. Top of the second round. You talked about how important those picks are. Yep. And this is the point where people are looking at those picks, too, because they're looking to see who's going to get grabbed and is my guy going to slide to the next day and I can work a deal the next day. Uh, I'm can I throw a scenario go- out here? Is this where the first running back comes off the board? Do they go for the home run here? I'm be- I'm stuck between two guys here. I think A.J. Brown is a wide receiver in the slot to help them in the middle of the field, and it helps for T.Y. Hilton, and if they can resign one of my favorite guys in this league, Dontrell Inman, uh, to a contract. Uh, they got $117 million to play with, so they – Whoever they want, they're going to be able to pick up. But A.J. Brown kind of is that inside receiver for Andrew Luck uh, is the guy I'd go with here. I can't go away from that because um, I think this is a team that Harry, they, they really, really like him. And I think that the, the thinking is they would have to move up to get him. With him off the board, I think Brown makes a lot of sense. But just no, for me, knowing no running backs are off the board yet, they have their pick of the litter. Um, and where do they go now? I think they would they would have to take a running back that probably uh, is a little bit better of a receiver. Is Josh Jacobs that guy that I think is the ultimate receiver here? I don't think so. So I think if they don't go running back here, I mean they're they're looking some second or third round. I think there there's really really good running backs to be had. Uh, you don't have to go in the first round, especially in this draft. So I, I will pencil Brown in here, but I I think. If a running back goes off the board here, I'm not surprised at all. So we're going uh, next year. And you're going to be on the board for a while here. 27, uh, it's the Raiders because this used to be a Cowboy pick. So uh, you're on the the clock. I think they're going to grab another tight end to play along with Jared Cook. And I think they're going to go Noah Fant here. So two tight ends from the same university. It could definitely happen. Yeah, he's more of now, the he's more of the uh it we'll we'll say his name. We we'll talk about him in the football sense. He's more of the Aaron Hernandez to the Hawkinson Rob Gronkowski. So he's more of the guy you're gonna split out, try to find favorable matchups with linebackers and safeties. Uh, he's more of the receiving tight end. And and we've heard a little bit of prima donna talk about him that maybe maybe there's a he's he's more of a receiver diva. We'll have to see if that kind of plays out, but I think that makes perfect sense. Would the Raiders entertain a quarterback here? At this point, I, I'd wait till 35 because I think they're all bunched together. And unless there's really somebody on your board who you like, you've kept three, three picks. I'd 35, I'd grab my quarterback. Gotcha. Chargers at 28, you're up. Uh, there's a team that's got to improve its defensive line also inside because they got those two edge guys who are just unbelievable. If I'm looking defensive tackle, so I'm going to go a little different here. Byron Murphy, cornerback of Washington, because it seems like every year one of their corners gets hurt. And at worst case, this guy can play in the slot. And he can, he can allow their rookie stud to move around and play uh, 
different uh, positions, whether it's up in the line, you know, backing up at safety, covering tight ends. So I'm going to go with Byron Murphy here, who's a guy who has the ability to play the slot and outside. And in that division, you're going to need guy. You're going to need more corners, especially when you're going to be playing against Pat Mahomes twice a year. And I think that not only is that a good pick for them, but with the Chiefs, their division rival picking right after them, and we saw how they were just decimated and torn apart by, you know, uh, Tom Brady in the, in uh, that playoff game, and and how they really have not. Uh, really, I would say, replace a player like Marcus Peters. If, if Murphy were on the board, I think the, the Chiefs would be falling over themselves to make that pick. So not only does that fill a need for San Diego, or I'm sorry, Los Angeles, so used to calling him San Diego, I think it actually blocks a division rival at the same time. I think that's a twofer. Yeah, no, that's what you'd look to do. You can look to do what uh, Tennessee did to New England multiple times last year, where you, know, you keep them players away. Kansas, uh, Kansas City, City uh, it's 29. Right I'm going with 29. the sexy guy who – I'm going with Rock Yassin, the corner out of Temple, yeah. formerly a Presbyterian. Uh, he, he really I balled out senior guy. ball week. Uh, very high on him. I just like the way he is – he's smooth. He knows to get his hands, his hand in between the receiver's hands because he can't catch it if he doesn't have that area. And I just love corners who play that way. And I I think this kid's a riser. I think after the combine, they're going to be talking about him as a definite first-round pick. Between the senior bowl and the combine, you're going to be able to go back and look at the tape, and it's going to show you this is the guy. All right. Well, another – I'd have them going in the secondary as well. I would make a kind of a, a plea here. One guy I think they really like, and they tend – to take a lot of players from this area, uh, the Pacific Northwest. I think Taylor Rapp, the safety, I think is move is a guy that could move into the later portions of round one. Uh, that maybe he's a guy that they look at as well. So I'm just going to throw his nope. name out there. No, that's a great call. I totally agree with you because you don't know what Barry's health is, uh, how he's recovered. Period from that Achilles, it took forever. So yeah, no, that's a good call too. I. So I'm, I can on, see I'm that on a too. 30 and 31 with the Packers and Rams. Packers, they took a pass rusher to start. We still have Zach Allen on the board, do we not? No, he's gone. Oh, he's he gone went to, to Oakland. Right. Yeah, he went he's to play with Quinn and Williams. So I think that, you know, they're they're probably still looking uh, for for a pass rusher. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if three of the first four picks were pass rushers. I think there's also a possibility of a running back. With a running back not gone and they've already taken a pass rusher, does that make Green Bay think that maybe they can take a running back? Hmm. I think the possibility is there. So I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of weighing those choices right there. Do you think Green Bay, the possibility here of, of taking a running back exists? Do you think that's a viable option? I think it is. They got two guys now who are pretty good, but do you want that one stud and figure out what to do from there? And it's also going to be a matter of, don't forget what LaFleur did last year with his time with Lewis. He was looking for more of a, you know, a passing running back. 
most of the year. And then when Derrick Henry got hot, they rode that train almost to the playoffs. So he kind of favored the uh, pass catcher running back. So whether Williams or Jones is that guy, do you bother to bring in the Jacobs is would, would be my concern with that pick. Yeah, I think Jacobs is probably going to ascend to the top of the board, but is he really one of the guys? I'm, I'm going to make just the, the Homer call. Someone I think is going to really, really fit. I wouldn't say Homer, but a guy I really, really like, and I think was not fully utilized to his potential. I think he's seen more as like a third round pick. There's always that one pick that's going to surprise everyone. I'm going Justice Hill, Oklahoma State. I think he is going to be the best running back in this class. I think he's the best receiver. Uh, in this class outside, Bryce Love, I think, is going to be up there as well, but the injury concerns are going to be there. I'm I'm pulling a shocker. I'm doing my one shot. I'm going Justice Hill. All right. I can, I can agree with that. So the Rams at 31. Uh, here, there's going to be a lot of turnover along that defensive line, and even though it doesn't really fit as much, especially with Fowler there, I'm going Ja'Kai Polite out of, uh, out of Florida. They seem to like those situational pass rushers. Even if it's someone that's only going to be on the field for maybe 20 to 25 snaps a game, guy that gives you a burst off the ball, perfect for a team like the Rams. Like right now, they still have the riches. You, know, you still have a – even if Sue is gone, you still got a Michael Brockers there. Uh, I, I'm going to give him polite. Sounds good to me. I'm, well, I'm fitting not the, the biggest pick. guy I'm polite. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not totally sold there either. And I had Burns there, and I know you're not a Brian Burns guy. So I, I just really think that if there's a team that's going to take that situational pass rusher that's going to be more enamored for a guy that can make an impact, big, big impact, maybe three or four plays, Vice give you a whole game, Rams are a perfect scenario. I put Polite there. And but to think they traded, the- they traded for that same guy in the middle of the year. So that is they a good did. thought. So here uh, we with go. The Patriots, the Patriots are 31. 32? Yeah. I'm going to go Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle at Notre Dame. Big interior presence. They need the run stuff. They're probably going to lose both Malcolm Brown and Danny Shelton. It's Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, who's a pass rush guy. I think Tillery comes in and plays that uh, one technique and uh, just to the shade there and grab some double teams to help uh, Jawan Bentley, who's going to be the guy next year at linebacker with uh, Van Noy and Hightower. Uh, so I'm going to go Jerry Tillery, Notre Dame, as much as it pains me to bring in a fighting Irish player. <laughs> now, think about this. I mean, wouldn't it be just a New England move, though? Could you see Jeffrey Simmons going here at 32? That would not shock me. No, that wouldn't shock me because it'd be a five-year contract as opposed to a four-year contract. Absolutely. you lose him for the first year. You're reading my mind. That's exactly why I bring it up. They get the extra year. They know they can sit him for a year, and they get a guy that is top ten talent. It's all about getting the most out of where you're picking. So I think if there's a shocker where as high as Jeffrey could go, what's his highest ceiling? Oh, my gosh, what a baller move at 32 for the Patriots to actually draft him. Uh, and the only reason why I don't think it'll happen is because of the Peters 1996 incident when they drafted Christian Peters with some uh, domestic or woman violence, and they ended up cutting him two days later. 
that'd be one of the reasons why they've kind of uh, stayed away with any player in that situation and cut players who have been involved in uh, any domestic issues here at home. That's solid reasoning. And uh, we're, we're going to let Jerry Tillery stay there because, I mean, that's a good pick. That, that fills, obviously, a void. I'm just kind of throwing out some other scenarios that I could possibly see there. That, that, that just seems like something that could happen. Um, I'm oh, trying to think if there's anyone else that I, that, where I could see them going. Uh, who's another New England-type player? I, I really don't know. And we haven't even talked about Carl Granderson out of uh, Wyoming is another player that we're going to see tumbling down the board because of uh, a similar situation. Um, another, another New England player at this point, he was one of the other guys I thought of, was Dalton Reisner. K-State because of his versatility across the offensive line. He's just like one of those ideal Belichick 46-man roster guys who does four different things for you. That's what they like. They like those uh, players up front with uh, obviously can do multiple things. So, no, I, I, I really like Tillery here. I just think if there's anyone that could pull a shocker or the highest place Simmons could go, I just wanted to, I think that's an interesting scenario. But we've uh, completed this, and as usual, we go a lot longer than we say we're going to, but that's what ends up happening when you get two guys talking football like this. But we'll have to do it again real soon. Uh, We're, again, 70 days away. Appreciate it. Uh, Any uh, parting thoughts? Anything else you want to add here, uh, buddy? No, just uh, we're grinding. Between the two of us, I know we're grinding. Every day, and, and there's even nights I'm having dreams about players. Like, how oh, did I put him at the wrong school? That guy got drafted three years ago. Why did I list him? Things like that. <laughs> Mock draft 17.0, it's uh, being worked on now. Um, and a lot of this is uh, the thoughts going to go into that uh, draft as well. So, for Buddy, this is DJ Boyer. I want to say uh, thank you, everyone. And we're going to take you out with some cherry glazer there. So, Have a good one, and we'll see you in another podcast in a few weeks, guys.